Well, hello again, and welcome to episode 38 of the Classic Rock Podcast. For those about to pod, we salute you. In this episode, we look back at 2017 in my year in rock. Just a dig around for hidden gems, everyone's favourite part of the podcast, of course. We discuss one-off collaborations, and also the latest rock news and new releases. So without further ado, here he is, the only Irishman born in England who lives in Scotland, called Brian, who does a rock podcast. Here's Brian. Thank you, Matthew. See the way you've kind of like uh, narrowed it down so that it's just, just me. <laughs> lives on the edge of Edinburgh. So how are you? How are you, I'm young good. Man? I'm good, mate. I'm really good. Lots of, we'll have a jam-packed show this evening, I believe. Jam-packed. Good. Well, we have a marmalade patch one next next week, please. Okay, then, yeah. If you don't mind. Is that going to be um, a Paddington episode? Oh, yeah. Marmalade sandwiches. Lovely, lovely Paddington. <laughs> <laughs> Already we're, we're off track. It's all about Paddington. <laughs> um, <clears throat> where were we? Yes, that's our birthday. Two years we've been doing this rubbish, Brian. I, I know. And, uh, People still listening to it. I know. I can't believe it. There's a few left. Yeah. Um <laughs> We uh, we started in 2020. Uh, the world was a different place then. Of course, it hasn't changed much, to be honest. Still political turmoil. Let's not let's not go into that. Um, at least we can go out and go to gigs and stuff, can't we? We can. Um, it's been it's been good for gigs and 2023 has been yeah. amazing. Yes, yeah, we'll come on to that. Yeah. But uh, what's what's hashtag caught your eye, Bri? <laughs> All is We're well. We're bringing that back. We're bringing, we're bringing that back. We're bring, yeah, we, we are. Yeah. Okay. What Go is on, what what is good? What is happening in the world? All is well in Judas Priestland, Matthew. Is it? Uh, it's is all, it though? Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, if you read everything that's in social media, Ian Hill, the the forgotten member of Judas Priest, I think Ian Hill's been in the band for four hundred years, and he never. He's really, the only, yeah. Yeah, he's the only original member now. Um, is he really? I never knew yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's true. They were formed, I think, in about 1969 I think or it something. Was. Yeah, it was 69. And um, I was, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Judas Priest. And uh, yeah, but he's been there since day one. And um, yes, he's he's come out with a, an interesting statement, hasn't he, in the he context had, of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, so obviously um, we have KK's Priest, which yes. had. Um, a few ex-members of Judas Priest in the band. Um, but Ian confirmed that KK is going to be performing with Judas Priest at the Rock and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, as well as Les Binks. So yeah. that, that's really good. And it's and it's nice that that they're all getting back on stage to receive the um um receive their award and play together. But it was really nice in social on social media where Ian says it might kickstart something. So all the keyboard warriors are going, yay! And they, they leave off the bit that goes, or maybe not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it might yeah, not maybe. be a story, but what's nice about the uh, the Judas Priest story is it's great that the, all of the, you know, a lot of the members of the classic mm. lineups. Not, not all. But yes, and I'm you. I'll let you pick up on this point because mm. um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, fame can be quite dis, divisive because mm. you can have members that have been in it for you know lots of years. Deep Purple, for example, Don Airy and Steve Morse didn't get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, whereas Richie did. So mm. yes, I think uh, so. I'll finish off with saying, yeah, um, great that Priest are going to be. Uh, as many of the members uh, of the classic lineup will be there to perform, and Glenn Glenn Tipton will be there as well, which would be brilliant. However, yeah, yeah. somebody's missing. Yeah, it's true actually, and I think it's a bit unfair. And this, you're right, it is divisive. This Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I don't really, um, I don't really buy into it that much, to be honest, because it seems like a seems like an unnecessary thing, but clearly it exists. And you know, the the, the ceremonies are good and all the rest of it, but. Um, it's it always, as you say, it seems divisive. But um, yeah, priests are being um, not quite inducted. Um, they're they're being brought in uh, 
for the recipients of the Musical Excellence Award, which apparently is different to being an inductee. Anyway, yes, that's whatever. correct. Does it really matter? But the thing that I think was a little bit uh, unpleasant and a bit unnecessary was that um, Tim Owens, who was a singer on a couple of albums uh, in the early 2000s, um, when uh, Rob Halford was taking a break, has not been invited, which I think is very unfair. You know, he was he was there for, I think, five or six years. And, um, you know, there's all this hullabaloo about, um, you know, Coco Downing being invited back and Les Binks, who was, he left in 1979. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. You know, it wasn't, he was in the band for a shorter period than, than Tim Owens. Anyway, I just feel, I feel for Tim. Yes. Because he's a great singer, a nice guy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a shame. And as you say, it's a bit divisive. I mean, he probably feels a little, he's probably a bit like, well, I don't really care yeah. that much, but he might deep down be like, oh, I should have been there. Yeah. I wouldn't mind a trip to Cleveland or wherever it is. <laughs> Hello, um, Cleveland. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it, I know what you mean. But yeah, exciting stuff. And I'm not sure it will kickstart anything because I've got a quite a solid lineup now with um, Andy Sneed covering for Glenn Tipton and obviously yeah. for the, the excellent uh, Richie Faulkner on. We love Richie. On, Richie's absolutely. Uh, God, fabulous. What a, what a guy. Uh, Made of iron, that guy, isn't he? Jeez. Uh, I think our prediction for download for 2023, Matt, might be a little bit in danger because we, or certainly I put it out there that I thought that uh, two of the headliners for Donington next year, because I think it's or for download next year, which is which is um, a significant anniversary for them. Yeah, 20 years. 20 years. I had my money on Leopard and Motley Crue. For, for, Leopard and Crew. Yes. <laughs> Leopard Crew. <laughs> Actually, they probably do need to put them together to get a band together, you know, like Vin, and everybody seems to be falling to bits. So. Oh, yeah. What would what would they call that? If they, put Leopard, they call it Leopard Crew. Yeah, because well, yeah, you wouldn't go deaf, deaf Motley. Deaf Crew. <laughs> No, death crew. crew it would be die. death crew anyway so it was yes. great, great new yeah so i think my my prediction of motley crew and def leppard headlining donington's out the window because they are bringing the stadium tour that's been so successful in america is coming across to the uk and europe next year which i am mm. very excited about and they're coming to scotland to play in hamden park so def leppard and motley crew i've never seen motley crew matt so I am mm. so excited to see Motley Crue. If it is all of the members of Motley Crue that are going to be playing, because there's rumours yes. that the amazing guitar player from Rob Zombie's band, John Five, uh, who's a great, great player, played in David Lee Ross' band, Say No More, who's the mm. pedigree of John Five. But there's mm. rumours that... McMars um, might be retiring from Motley Crue because we know that Mick's been suffering from a de debilitating spinal um, uh, injuries over the, you know, sort of uh, with his vertebrae, et cetera, and has struggled mm. with playing. So the rumours are that uh, John mm. Five might be uh, joining Motley Crue next year. So, that yeah, Def Leppard and mm. Motley Crue next year. I'm going, Matt. What about you? Yeah. Well, yeah, probably. Wembley Stadium, um, which I thought would be their only date on their UK tour, but they're doing, as you said, doing Scotland, doing Ireland. And Lytham. Nice. They're playing Lytham. <laughs> and they're playing Sheffield, aren't they? Uh, Bramall Lane, the what, home of Sheffield United. Which I thought was quite interesting because I think Joe Elliott is a Sheffield United fan. That's right. And Rick Savage is a Chef Wednesday fan. And I thought there was a... I thought there was like a maybe a gentleman's agreement that if we ever play in Sheffield, we'll play Don Valley because that's mm. that's neutral. So it's interesting that uh, they're going to one of the uh, one of the football grounds. So they'll be great. Yeah. That'll, they'll be great. yeah, yeah, put on a great show. Yeah, um, yeah looking forward to it. Yeah. Looking forward to it. How about news for you? Uh, well, um, <laughs> do you remember the um, the saga of the coloring books? <laughs> Some. I have Some one. months ago. I, do you? I do. You, oh, you do? Uh, yeah, do. Thin Lizzy, you got a Thin Lizzy one, I didn't you? I've got a Thin Lizzy one. Yeah, that's right. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, so <laughs> been, uh, there are always new colouring books coming out. Mm -hmm. But more interestingly, there's a new alphabet book based on the work of ACDC. When the world couldn't get any madder... <laughs> 
there's a new book based on uh, the, uh, well, inspired, let's say, by ACDC. It's called, wait for it, the AC, it's quite a tongue twist this one. It is, it is, yeah. The, a, the ACDC, ABCD, yeah, that's right. The a, ACDC, ABCD, High Voltage Alphabet. Yeah. Now, um, and I love the little write-up. It says, uh, it's, it's the fourth release from this uh, company called Love Police, which is a good name for a band. It is, it. yeah. Um, following Rocking Alphabets, <laughs> Alphabet, Alpha box set, and my my particular favourite, the sex. This is hilarious. The Sex Pistol was inspired. Never mind your P's and Q's. Here's the punk alphabet, and M is for metal. The loudest alphabet book on earth. Um, so there's a theme there, and um, it's published in Australia. So if you want to get it for Christmas, mm, get your orders in. But, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and it's been uh, it's been personally endorsed endorsed by uh, the great Angus Young. Yes, and um, yeah, I mean it's uh, it says <laughs> it's a kids book. Any ACD, of course, any ACDC or music fan will find something in every page. Well, I'm getting it. I'm there. My my kids are in there, uh, uh, way past Leonard Alphabet. But as an ACDC fan, I'm getting it. Yeah, did you? Unbelievable! Did, did you read? There's two things. Uh, I I picked it up um, uh, on the news as well too. Uh, there was two things I thought was brilliant. W- one of them, uh, the the headline that they gave it was "Highway to Spell." That's right. you, you, I like that. I like that. What a magnificent play on words. That's brilliant. And then they said, "A is for Angus, who thinks it's good luck to wear a school uniform." Careful. And- and walk like a duck. <laughs> what are we going to say then? Um, <laughs> that's brilliant. Yes. Do you know what? I might get it just out of curiosity, really. <laughs> like those, those, those colouring books, of course. Oh, um, good. So moving on, Bright. Um, as you know, and as you probably remember, on the old podcast, we do enjoy a spinal tap moment. We do. So we're getting closer to that that sequel. I think it's out next year, isn't it? Yeah, that's so We do enjoy... We do enjoy a Spinal Tap moment. And, and uh, the most recent one befell the Mighty Iron Maiden, who were on their ongoing Legacy of the Beast tour. Um, they were playing in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, and they were they were getting ready to uh, do their encore, Aces High, and their 90% scale Spitfire. Yeah. Which I've seen it. It's, it's magnificent. It flies above the stage and it kind of swoops and dives and all that kind of stuff. Sort of malfunctioned, didn't it? And it's hilarious. You got to watch this clip. We're going to put it on the Facebook page. Yeah. It is classic Spinal Tap. <laughs> so while while Maiden are playing and Bruce is singing his heart out and it's aces high and everything, and the crowd are going nuts. This this plane kind of, which I found out is an inflatable. I thought it was made out of. That, I thought it was. Yeah, wood or, wood or something. Wood, yeah. something yeah. Yeah. Plywood or something. Yeah. And uh, anyway, it's inflatable. So this this thing kind of, it looks like a sort of sick seagull, doesn't it? <laughs> um, and it sort of just flops. And then you see these roadies. This is the funniest bit, when the roadies come out and they're just sort of messing about with it. And meanwhile, the gig's going on. Yeah. And it's just hilarious. Yeah. It's just, it's just classic Spinal Tap. And then they sort of deflate it. They take the air out of it. So it meets this ignominious end, just like just flops down behind the stage. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Well, interesting. Another on another part of the tour, um, they were playing. Uh, I think they were playing in Anaheim um, in California, and again mm. it was during Aces High, where um, um, a very exuberant fan jumped up on stage to sort of like kneel down an air guitar in front of Yannick Gers. Yeah. <laughs> and Bruce, Bruce just went uh, in his very, very, very English way. Um, Oi, mate. Uh, ran over to him <laughs> and physically ejected him <laughs> from, the, from the stage. So I think it was like, um, mate, I'm at work. This is my workplace. Mm. And sort of uh, got him off the stage. So I think he handed him off to... Um, 
to security. Security. Yeah, to yeah. security. So, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, but next year, um, staying on Iron Maiden, I'm so looking forward to their tour next year. I've got tickets for the um, for the Future Past tour where they're going to be focusing on obviously the new album and a personal favourite album of mine of Iron Maiden, which is Somewhere in Time. Yeah, yeah uh, can't wait. That'll be fabulous. And it's indoors as well too, because the last, mm. last time I saw Maiden was with you in Twickenham when Bruce looked like a little sort of ant on a stage. That's right. <laughs> and we both went, maybe maybe we shouldn't have got seats and should have been down and amongst the... <laughs> The I remember that. I remember. I remember. I remember you saying to me, "Blimey, they look like ants, Matt." And I said, "Right, they are ants. They haven't come on yet." Um, that's how far away we were. But yeah, two thousand and eight. Last time you saw Iron Maiden. Wow, you're, yeah. you're due for a you're due for a fix of the mighty, the mighty Iron Maiden. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, I do like that album. Somewhere in time, we'll put a few tracks of on the old playlist. Yeah. And the, the next final, time. and the final bit of news for me, Matt, is uh, we haven't mentioned this man for a long time, although we did mention his, his band earlier on in the in the show, which is Sir Vivian of Campbell. Mm. Um, Vivian, uh, for those of you who follow Vivian well, as much as Matt and I do, Vivian well, yeah. is obviously... Every, every step. Every, we, every step. <clears throat> Vivian is obviously full-time mm. member of Def Leppard. He is a full-time member of Last in Line, which is the former members of Dio, um, who now uh, play original material. But Vivian also played in a band and still plays in a band called the River Dogs. And the River Dogs, um, in previous shows, I've called them out as a hidden gem. Great, great band. Something to watch out for, Matt, next year from my favourite records label, as we know, Frontiers. Hang on, Frontiers, of course. (laughs) Frontiers. Is that, a, is, that, is that another pound you get for mentioning them? I, I, they need they need to give me some merch or something. I I seem mm. to like everything that comes out of Frontiers. But there's a bat. I, I saw this a teaser YouTube video from um, uh, Rob Lamont is the lead singer in uh, River Dogs, and he's put a new band together called Cross Country Driver. There's no material on Spotify yet, but there's a teaser video on YouTube. We'll stick it up on the page. It just is all out classic rock rock and uh rob is singing really really good so the band are called cross country driver albums out next year so many special guests on it vivian's on it mike mangini doug pinnett from king's x so frontier mm-hmm. albums uh middle of next year 2023 i'm looking forward to that it'll be good so matthew yes my year in rock what a fantastic year I have given you, 2017. Mm. So much to cover. That's true. <laughs> it was up there with the year 2000 in terms of quality of albums. We went to tons of gigs oh, that year. As one we of the best it. ever. Amazing. But it was slim pickings in terms of albums that you and I would probably buy. Yes, I'd agree. So you think there's a correlation between the two, don't you? I do, because I think I think when a band, when great bands are out on tour, and mm. we saw, and we'll go through um, the the artists that we saw in 2017, but they all of them. We'll be here till Christmas, otherwise. <laughs> but all I'm saying is that 2017 is the year when people are out on tour because they've recorded albums in 2015 and 2016. So yeah, 2017 is kind of like a, it's like a fallow year. It's mm. like, it's a, it's a year of we're touring, therefore there's not, not much material out. So that that's, I think, great rock albums. And then the next year you get the tour. So the year that people are touring is a year of of, of quiet albums. And 2017 yeah. is a quiet year. I think you're right. I think you're right. It's a couple of standout albums. Um, so um, Food Fighters released Concrete and Gold. It's a good album. Yeah. Um, a bit of a departure from their usual style. If you listen to things like uh, Run and Skies and Neighbourhood, still good songs, kind of grow on you, but not immediate for sure. But, um, you know, they were um, they were kind of experimenting, I suppose you could say. Yeah. Um, 
Thunder. And we send our best wishes to uh, Danny Bowes, of course, who's still recovering from his nasty head injury. Um, Thunder released the album Rip It Up, which I thought was pretty good. Um, not quite as good, in my opinion, as 2015's Wonder Days album, which Great we talked album. about. Yeah. Which was tremendous, wasn't it? Yeah. But still got some good songs. No One Gets Out Alive, Rip It Up, She Likes Cocaine, Shakedown. It's a good song. Um, put a few of those on the old uh, playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, what else was there? Europe. Now, you, you yeah, you've got to mention, because you like a bit of Europe, don't you? Yes. Um, Walk the Earth. And we, and we saw that tour the year after. We did. Do you remember? Yeah. So it's kind of the reverse of what we've been saying earlier. But that, that, was, a, that was a good album. Title tracks, this a killer, isn't it? Um, but as you say, so loads of gigs. But albums for you, any 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 standout albums for you, Brian? Um, I'm gonna pick. I'm just gonna pick two albums because it was slim for me in the in the rock uh, sphere. But mm. uh, two albums. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, KXM. Oh yeah, uh, Matty goes. Who are they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so K- KXM as the audience. So is, that, is that not a radio station? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's KLOS. Okay. Yeah, I, I could just, I could just have made that up. Is that, is that a pound forget you're getting now for mentioning KLOS? <laughs> KLOS, who had uh, uh, red beard, was the famous. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. The only reason I remember that is he was interviewing John Bon Jovi on the All Access uh, video from whenever they did the year and a half of the New That's Jersey right. tour. Good knowledge. Hey, good knowledge. Do you know what? You should, you should think about doing a rock podcast. <laughs> so getting back to KXM, which is not a radio station. KXM is no. the second album of the supergroup that was put together by George Lynch from uh, Dawkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Luzier from Corn, who's an amazing drummer, and Doug Pinnock mm-hmm. from King's X. So, uh, yeah, there yeah, you go. You, that's, that's twice you've <laughs> slipped in King's X mentions. Yeah. Hoping no one will notice. Yeah, so Scatterbrained, really good album. Second album, uh, it it felt more like a, a complete piece of work, which is great. Mm. And the only other album I'm going to mention, because I loved it, and I saw this man uh, at the end of 2017, which was Robert Plant. Mm. Uh, Robert Plant's Carry Fire, which which was the second album that he recorded with the Sensational Space Shifters, um, which uh, is is a great album. I, I for many years, Matthew, as you well know, I stayed away from Robert Plant and his Americana, Plinky Plunky, uh, Alison Krauss, all that kind of stuff. And after mm. going to see him in 2015, um. I love what Robert does, and that album is very, very good. So, Carry Fire would be probably my standout album for uh, 2017. There you go. Very good. Yeah. Like it. So, gigs wise, as you say, we saw bucket loads. Standout <laughs> ones for me. Uh, first and only time I saw, have seen so far, King's X. We saw them in London. Um, and I think I said this to you before. A unique gig for me was I've never seen such a partisan audience. We were at the um, the excellent Islington Assembly Hall. Yes, which is literally across the road from where my daughter lives now. Funny enough. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, Georgia. Um, good gig. Went to download that year. Saw Aerosmith. Went. To, we just went to one day, the classic rock day, as I called it. Aerosmith, Waterbridge, Steel Panther, Airborne, Cadillac Three, Dead Daisies. It was great. Mm. I went to see Rainbow at the, uh, not sure it, it's a festival anymore, but the Stone Free Festival at mm. the uh, O2 in London, along with uh, Blue Oyster Cult. I didn't go with them, obviously. I'm not friends with Blue Oyster Cult, but they were there. Um, we went to Rambling Man, of course, uh, 2017, oh. cracking lineup. That's when I famously met Steve Harris. <laughs> it was there with his band, um, British Lion. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, a very embarrassing episode of my life where I got a bit fanboy with the great <laughs> Steve Harris. Um, our friend John Noor kept a very level head. We chatted to him about real ale and I had imbibed too much real ale and I, I, I got a bit fanboy. Um, but uh, it's good all the same. Saw so UFO at the Dorking Halls. 
in uh, in London, supported by, um, or just outside of London, supported by um, the excellent um, Wayward Sons, yeah. and so on. Yeah. Good year. Good year for music. Loads more. Mr. Big at the O2, Shepherd's Bush Empire. Oh, man. What, what a year for geeks. Yeah, it was. It How was, about you? Yeah. Did you go to any? Oh, I, I went a loads, Matt. Um, Rambler Man was great. Um, do you remember? Do you remember? Everybody was a little bit, you know, in Drunk. on social media. Well, apart from that, on social mm. media, going could extreme carry out a headlining? Were they really a headline act uh, for mm. uh, they were, they? for um, they were fantastic. They uh, they were they were great. Um, mm. The Friday night was excellent as well. If you remember, there was Last in Line, Saxon, Y and T. Oh. Yep. And the great Graham Bonnet, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. But standouts for me, um, I got to see Tom Petty. Um, mm. uh, Tom Tom Petty played Hyde Park with uh, Stevie Nicks. And sadly, the last time that he played in the UK, because uh, he passed away, uh, I think, October of 2017. He did. Yeah, it's yeah, really sad. So. Um, and, and it's one of those things, Matt, where I always say, go and see if you've got a chance to go and see one of your heroes or take the opportunity because you never know what's going to happen. Um, went to see Sabbath. Um, I went to see the version of Yes, w- mm. which was John Anderson, uh, Trevor Rabin and Rick Wakeman. And Rick yes. Wakeman was hilarious where he wore his, he wore his cape and he walked around with like a, a they call it a keytar. It's like That's a right. keyboard, but but he was he was he had his cape on, but he had a ser- he had a pair of uh, jogging bottoms. <laughs> right. Jogging bottoms on and trainers. I, I remember, yeah. I mean, and they were, fortunately, they're, they're very elasticated waistband because <laughs> he's he's not a slim man these days, is he? No, so Rick. It was, it was him. Uh, yeah, I went I went to that tour as well. It was magnificent. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. We'll stick some yes songs on the old. Oh, play, we will do. We will do. Fantastic. But, but my my one of my fanboy. You talk about you having a fanboy moment with, uh, um, uh, with Steve Harris. I went to see Glenn Hughes in the in the garage in Glasgow, and I went with a few of my mates. And the Glasgow garage is a great venue, and Glenn was playing three piece. So it was basically Glenn, Doug Aldridge. And Pontus, who's the drummer, has been playing with Glenn for a few years. So we we decided after the gig to go first for uh, sushi. We went to a Japanese restaurant right across. As you do. Yep. As you do. And we're sitting in there and we're the only people, it's about 10 o'clock at night, the only people in the restaurant, there's, four, uh, there's three of us. And who walks in the door of the restaurant, Matt, but Doug Aldridge. Mm. And my mate, Pat, Stands up <laughs> and goes, "Hey, Doug, come on on over." So Doug Aldridge, after the gig, came and sat and had his his evening meal, sitting opposite me, and I I lose the plot. I I start talking about guitar strings and pickups and any chance of Mark Three Purple getting back together because this was the time where, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and and I got a lovely photograph of Doug and you've never, ever met a nicer guy than Doug Aldridge, Matt. I, it was a pleasure. Uh, he was mm. such a lovely guy. And he sat with us and he, he ate his dinner. We we And and he chatted to the other guys as well too. Um, but that, that's one of my favourite memories of 2017 is, is meeting the absolute rock Adonis that is Doug Aldridge. A nicest mm. guy, absolutely. Yeah, lovely. Good story. Yeah, fabulous. Uh, and, ju- and just finally, um, you're right, we lost uh, the great Tom Petty in 2017. We also lost Gord Downey uh, from one of my favourite bands, The Tragedy Hip, sadly, yeah. um, at, at, at uh, only 53 from a terminal brain tumour. We also lost the great Malcolm Young from ACDC. Um, I mean, really the heart and soul of ACDC. Uh, lost Malcolm Young at only 64 yeah um from his um his struggle with dementia so um yeah memorable year for lots of reasons uh great gigs good albums but as i say sadly we lost uh, a few of our heroes yeah and if you don't mind me saying somebody whilst we're doing kind of a, a, a bit somebody who um uh really hit me in 2017 uh, tom petty was a, a sore one but um uh chris cornell 
Mm. Chris Cannell, we lost Chris Cannell in 2017 and, and very closely after that, uh, Chester Bennington from Lincoln yeah. Park. So yeah, it was a, uh, some highs in 2017 and some lows. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was 2017, a whistle stop tour. Yeah. Mere five years ago, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. So next time, and you've been looking forward to this one. I, I have. Can tell. <laughs> We've got one year left from the 80s. Yes. So next time on a silver platter. Yeah. I present on a nice velvet cushion with a cherry on top. <laughs> I present to you 1986. <laughs> yes, you're going to fill your boots with that I've one, got it. It's good. We, let's, let's just do the whole show. Episode 39. Why not? My Year in Rock, 1986. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, were you at university then? Yeah, eighty six. No, no, I was. I hadn't even done my. <laughs> I hadn't even done my A levels. <laughs> Mind you, my, my, my A levels took me eleven years. You know, I started them about yeah, nineteen seventy four. I remember um, record retakes for Limavady High School. Wasn't yeah, it? Absolutely. Um, and you had your uh, your meatloaf denim jacket, of course. I did indeed. Do you know? I tell you, I've I've hunted high and low for a meatloaf back patch. I'm going to get you one, Bob Moon. Lovely Bob Moon. There's always the ubiquitous Bob Moon. Any any festival we go to, there's a patch stall. He's yes. he's everywhere. Yes. He's at Download, he's at Stone Dead, he's at Steelhouse. Lovely Bob Moon, great guy. He runs his stall selling patches and badges and all sorts of other paraphernalia. Uh-huh. I'm sure he will have. Note to self, next time I see him, which will be in a few weeks' time, I'm gonna get you a meatloaf patch. And I'm gonna to have to wear it, aren't I? You are, absolutely of course you are. <laughs> Anyway, so that's, uh, that's uh, all for next time. So, Brian, as I've said many times on the old podcast over the years, I get some of my best ideas when I'm out walking my dog, Coco. And uh, recently I was out in the fields <laughs> and, I heard, and I heard Out in the Fields yeah. by um, Phil Lynott and Gary Moore. And I thought, what a great collaboration. Yes. And it made me think... What are the great one-off rock collaborations? And there's been a lot. There's been some absolute crackers over the years. And I thought I'd invite you and me <laughs> to talk about, can I invite myself, um, our favourite rock collaborations. So I thought we'd do our top three. We haven't done a top three, five, ten, uh-huh. seventy-eight for a while, have we? Yes. And uh, so I thought we'd do that. Yes, but listeners, I had to be texted once or twice to be reminded that this was collaborations and not the creation of supergroups. Because we all know Brian likes a supergroup. Indeed. So I had to be reminded. Yeah, one-off collaborations as in, they may have done an album, single album, or maybe even a single song. Yeah. But that was it. They didn't kind of grow into, into anything bigger. So we got for us at numero trois. Numero right? trois. This is actually probably the best original collaboration album. This is a track off the what I think is the best collaboration album. It's from the soundtrack Sound City, and it is the collaboration between Rick. Springfield and the members of the Foo Fighters and it's a track called The Man That Never Was and when I bought the when I watched the movie um uh on iTunes you can get it other places as well um what's great about this track is you see the Foo Fighters and Rick Springfield doing the making the song up in the studio they're making it up Butch Fig is working it out and they, they played it about two or three times through, changed a few bits and bobs, and they recorded it live. And we'll stick it on the playlist, Matt. It is just Rick Springfield, who's Jesse's girl and, you know, that 80s light stuff. But mm. he rocks it. And what I liked about it was it's a great tune. It's Rick Springfield with the foos backing them, but it sounds gelled together. So my number three is 
is The Man That Never Was by Rick Springfield and the Foo Fighters. Very good. You've you? gone deep. You've gone ah, deep already, deep, haven't you? Deep cuts, man. Gee. Well, as you know, I'm very shallow. Uh, I skim across the surface of music. Uh-huh. Pretending I know stuff, but actually I don't. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to go with, and every time I hear this song, it fills me with joy, which is, I suppose, is the essence of good music, isn't it, really? Um, and uh, this is a cover, actually. Oh. And there is an ACDC link with the original. And I wonder whether you can guess it. Maybe not. No. <laughs> well, you might. Anyway, yeah. so this is a this is a song called um, "Good Times." It's by Jimmy Barnes and In Excess. Ooh. And the link it was the link back to ACDC was Easy Beats. Uh, it was indeed yeah. a hit for the Easy Beats in 1968. And this is um, it's also on the the excellent movie soundtrack of The Lost Boys. It is indeed. But I just love it. It's just Jimmy Barnes at his best, in excess, who really, really rocked. And uh, try singing along with it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I was just thinking, it's one of those tracks, Matt, and we we both sing. If if you were on stage and you're going, so uh, do you want to sing the Michael Hutchins bit or the Jimmy Barnes bit? I would be sticking my hands up twice and and ringing bells, going, "No, well, I'll, I'll can I do can I do the Michael Hutchins bits, please?" Because the Jimmy Barr's vocal is is oh man, why he didn't get the ACDC gig, or why he didn't get the Deep Purple gig? He was up for the Deep Purple gig, was he? He was at the time whenever they went with Joel and Turner. More of that mm. later. More of that later. Mm. Really, how much later? Uh, might be discussing at my hidden gems. Oh, okay, mm, clever. Uh, I, I just remember when we, we saw we saw Jimmy Barnes. At, um, I'll tell this story so many times, but I can't. Whenever I think about it, I chuckle. We, we saw Jimmy Barnes, who's got that classic kind of gravel tone, love him, kind of broken glass vocal. He's just fantastic, and you wouldn't want to meet him in a dark alley on a Saturday night, would you? Necessarily. I mean, he's probably a lovely guy. He's lovely. doing a reservist. Yeah. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. But um, he was he was doing his stuff at Rambling Man one year, and Brian turned to me and said, "Gee, I feel sorry for the microphone because <laughs> he was giving it some he hammer, was, wasn't he?" He was. He was. That's a great but, number three, Matt. That's, you're welcome. Honestly, that's good. Oh, I love that. Don't you? It's a great song. Good song. What you got for number two, then, young Brian? <sighs> so my second one, Matt, is from. Probably one of the most, ex- when I was starting out listening to music in the early 80s, um, this was kind of a clash of soul pop and hard rock heavy metal. Um, it was just a classic uh, combination. So my second one is uh, is Beat It by Michael Jackson, which is from uh, the Thriller album, but obviously it has Eddie Van Halen's uh, lead guitar, which is just off the scale, you know, and mm-hmm. the, the story is that obviously Steve Lukather was um, recording a lot of the guitar as were Total were, are all over that album. And um, Quincy Jones basically rang up Eddie Van Halen going, hey, Eddie, any chance you'd like to play on this particular track? And Eddie Van Halen <laughs> hung up on him a couple of times because he didn't believe that Quincy Jones was ringing him up and finally spoke to Quincy and went in and I think in a couple of takes recorded that iconic guitar solo so as a collaboration Michael Jackson and Eddie Van Halen's Beat It Matt Fantastic As you say I think I think it's one of those solos that you know everyone can kind of even though it was in a pop song it just fitted beautifully didn't it yeah. and um yeah. and it's just become a classic oh it is a classic of the genre um, and and michael jackson god rest his soul he was um he, he worked with slash didn't he as you say he worked with steve lukather he worked with um yeah. he worked I, with eddie yeah. he was quite a rock guy he did and um, steve stevens do you remember steve stevens oh yeah did, uh, dirty diana that was uh, mm. one one of the one of the tracks, but yeah, because uh, uh, Slash, th- there, there's great footage. <laughs> there's great footage on YouTube when Slash 
I think Slash is playing um, black or white. He's playing black and white at one of the MTV awards. That's right. And, yeah. and basically Slash is playing so loud and Michael's like shouting at Slash, uh, you know, turn it down, man, turn it down. And Slash is just going, yeah, I'm just, I'm rocking out here. So he's oblivious to Michael <laughs> at stage. So, yes, I remember. Yeah, that's my number two. <clears throat> Very good. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go back to 1971. A mere 51 years ago. Yeah. Oh, this is interesting. And it's um, an album by the mighty Led Zeppelin. I know what this one is. And it's it's (laughs) one of my favourite... I'm a massive Led Zeppelin fan, as you know. Yeah. One of my favourite songs that they ever did uh, was a collaboration, uh, The Battle of Evermore, from Led Zeppelin 4, with... The angelic, yeah, beautiful voice of Sandy Denny, uh, accompanying Robert Plant, um, and it's just it's a it's a mystical song. It's yeah. classic Plant songwriting, um, fantasy kind of Tolkien esque, and it is just lovely. And um, not the most well known collaboration. If you're a Zep fan, you know they they did play with a few people over the years. Not many, yeah. And certainly, certainly they were big fans of uh, Sandy Denny and um, Fair, Fairport Convention. Um, and um, she, had, she had a magnificent voice. Um, sa- sadly, died very young, Sandy Denny. Yeah. Uh, 31. Yeah. Terrible loss in 1978. She fell down the stairs and, and had an accident and sadly never, never recovered. Um, but a magnificent voice. So number two, um, on my list of the great rock collaborations is uh, Battle of Evermore by Led Zeppelin featuring Sandy Denny. That's a great choice. I had that down. Did you? I, I had that down as a collab- as a great collaboration. It didn't make my Amazing, top three, but yeah, her vocal in that is just sublime. It really is. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Brian, we come to number one. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have plenty of notable mentions. We are going to have notable mentions. We have to have notable mentions. I I can't Mm. say this and then leave loads out. Oh, I'm going to be really Captain Obvious in this one, Matt. Go on then. And and the reason why I'm picking this one specifically, because when I heard this track um, in about 1985, it was... I don't know. It... You sort of asked me as if I don't even know what you're talking about. That's I don't know. So is it 86? It was, it was actually in 1986, and it was an it was released on an album called Raising Hell. Oh yes. Ah, so I'm 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 going with Walk This Way by Aerosmith and Run DMC. Now wow. I I had I went for that because I was thinking we're talking about collaborations here, and. When you think of what Run DMC, that to me, that version of Walk This Way was the first time I'd ever heard it. So whenever it was released in Toys in the Attic in 1975, Mm. I I didn't know it. I didn't know the song. Mm. So whenever, and and MTV at that point was quite, you had quite a, um, you know, that was the rebirth of, of, of Aerosmith for me, and mm, I didn't know absolutely. that. Didn't know, really know Aerosmith, so to me, having Run DMC and uh, Aerosmith together, obviously Rick Rubin would have been uh, seriously involved in that version of it, and it spawned quite a lot of rock rap collaborations thereafter. But to me, that sure. was the game changer. So uh, I'm going to go for my number one uh, rock collaboration as. Aerosmith and Ron DNC and the 1986 version of Walk This Way. Good choice. Good choice. That uh, and that uh, iconic video, of exactly. course. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a good choice. Good choice. Uh-huh. Well, now um, I'm intrigued. The fact that you've gone Sandy, Danny, and Zeppelin for your number two, mm-hmm. I, I, what have you got? What have you got for number one? Well, I was torn actually, because there's so many good ones, aren't there? We'll come uh-huh. to a few good ones afterwards. Yeah. Um but I um 
I am really torn. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go. I'm going to go with because it, it was it it was very much part of my youth. This collaboration um, back in 1981. I was 16. Uh, I was strutting around, long hair. Uh, I've told you many times I used to go to gigs and I was in row three and my hair was in row 73. Um, But I'm going back to 1981 and an iconic collaboration. From a very average album, I guess. No, it was was a standalone EP. Was it? Okay. All right. Yeah, you might be barking up the wrong tree here, Brian. Okay. But I'm going with the collaboration of Motorhead and Girls School, (laughs) the old Johnny Kidd and the Pirate song. Please don't touch, which came out on the uh, magnificent St. Valentine's Day EP, um, whereby um, Girls School covered Bomber and Motorhead covered Emergency by Girls School. And uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's great. It's good collab- good collaboration. They were big friends um, yeah. and uh, toured together. And, Probably and if you've mates. seen their... Um, Sorry, bro. Probably label mates as well too. They were all on bronze. They were. I think they were on bronze back in the day. And um, yeah, there's a classic uh, Top of the Pops where they're dressed in the kind of gangster outfits. Um, And it's good fun and it's a great collaboration. And as I say, it brings back memories of, you know, being 16 and, uh, you know, wearing denim and leather and bullet belts and uh, having long hair and, and so on and so forth. But I was torn. And I was torn... Because, and as I said, we got plenty of notable mentions. Yeah. And I was torn between that and Under Pressure by yeah. Queen and David Bowie. Yeah, definitely. From the uh, Hot Space album, 1982. And that's, again, that's become iconic, isn't it? That's, uh, that song, <clears throat> Under Pressure. Magnificent. I'm not sure anyone's ever done it justice since then. Um, as we've said before, Food, Food Fighters covered it. It was covered by... Um, Annie Lennox and David Bowie at the uh, Freddie Mercury tribute mm-hmm. concert back in the early nineties. Just, it's just fantastic. Just both both acts at their, at their peak, if you will. What else you got for his notable mentions, Brian? I had, uh, yeah, I had, I had, uh, I had Queen and Bowie as well. Um, following on from the the Aerosmith and Run DMC, um, this is a brilliant song. I remember when it came out. Anthrax and Public Enemy doing Bring the Noise. <laughs> yeah. It's um, a killer tune, isn't it? That it one. is such a killer tune. Um that was that, that that to me was that to me was was great. And just if I can pick up on the on the Queen connection when we talk about one-off collaborations, I, I did have George Michael and Queen, because when I think of that, when I think of that show as as one-off um you know, the Somebody to Love track with Queen and George. I thought that was just an iconic moment in live music where two, you know, two artists get together and they do something fantastically well. Yeah, it's a good shout. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. A um, couple of others for me, others for me um, and you'll like this one, Brian. Stevie Nicks and Tom Petty, uh, Stop Dragging My Heart Around from the excellent album, Hard Promises. Yeah, great. Also from 1981, funnily enough. Do you remember that, Brian? I do indeed. Saw them do it live. Well, uh, yeah, when Stevie was supporting uh, Tom Petty at um, at Hyde Park, he, mm. she came out and sang with the Heartbreakers. Brilliant. Yeah. Very good. Another one, um, it strikes me actually that a lot of these are uh, kind of male-female uh, collaborations. Um, one of the greatest songs Rush did... Um, from the album of the same name is Time Stand Still, uh, which is just a beautiful song. Have a listen to the lyrics. Uh-huh. Very evocative, very emotional, um, reminding them everyone of their own mortality, if you will. Um, and Rush uh, enlisted the help of Amy Mann from the band Till Tuesday yeah. to sing those beautiful backing vocals on the song Time Stand Still from, from 1987. Yeah. Um, any more for us, Brian? Yeah, I'm um, two two more for me. Um, one one for a bit of one one which I think launched helped to launch this artist in the uh, early eighties. I think the collaboration between Tina Turner and Brian Adams of "It's Only Love." Yeah, 
Oh, thank God you mentioned that one. I absolutely <laughs> love that song. Yeah. So Brian was out on tour with Tina Turner uh, as a support act. And whenever Tina was doing her full show, she invited Brian out and they sang uh, It's Only Love uh, together. And that is it. When you think about all of the singles that are off Reckless, Run To You, Somebody, Summer of 69... I remember that when we used to flip when we used to flip over the LP and three oh. three songs in you get on the second side you're getting it's only love with that riff and oh, Tina, what a riff that is. it's just it's a it's a to me it's a it's a classic rock collaboration and the last one which if I'm being totally honest with you Matt when I thought about collaborations rock collaborations this is the first song I thought of which was. Dead Ringer for Love <laughs> with Meatloaf and Cher. It was the first one. I, it was the first mm. one out of the box I thought of because that video, um, and it's just, they're hamming it up on the video, uh, Meat and Cher. Uh, it was just, yeah. There's one, a funny one for me to finish off on. No, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is, it's tremendous, isn't it? I mean, it, it's, it's very much of a time. They're in the bar, aren't they? And- <laughs> Uh, it's share of meatloaf. It's just, just brilliant, isn't it? Yes, it's fun. I just you, when you talk about Brian Adams, we can go on all night talking about this. Just, just finally, when you mentioned Brian Adams and and uh, duets and collaborations, um, and it was a strange, strange sort of strange bringing together of um, Brian and Mel C. But the song "When You're Gone," yeah, I absolutely love that song. Yeah. And my daughter, Georgia, when I used to drop her back at university, we, we had this little kind of tradition, this little ritual where we'd play that song. I don't know where it came from. Maybe it was on the radio. We just sort of sang along to it together. But we'd play that song as we're coming into uh, Portsmouth, where she went to university. So let's finish on that. And uh, that because uh, that's that's memorable, because if anyone's ever seen Brian Adams, quite often, if not always, he brings uh, someone up from the audience he does to, sing, yep. to sing, if they can, of course. <laughs> Sing the the Mel C part, but it, oh, it's beautiful, yeah, beautiful. But of course, as always, we've probably missed a few out. So if you can think of any boys and girls, listeners, um, how many are up to now, Brian? 13, 14? Uh, 14, um, no, okay, cool. We're up to yeah, 14. yeah, um, our pal Alan, <laughs> Alan's now podcaster 14. Yes, hello, Alan. Um, yes, Alan Childs, hello, Alan. Um, well, 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 yes, if you know any you know any different, you've got any other thoughts, then of course let us know at FGAT Pod or on Facebook, of course. Exactly. No. So, that's us. Mm, that's the show ended. Nearly. nearly not quite. <laughs> Hold your horses. Hold your horses, young Brian. <laughs> We've got everyone's and I mean everyone. Everyone's favourite part of the old podcast. Allegedly. Hidden gym time. Thank you, Lola, as always. So we got for Spry. So, as I mentioned earlier in the show, if you everybody was listening, I was talking about Jimmy Barnes. You were. I did we mention. Were, indeed. Great and that Jimmy, Jimmy Barnes. Barnes was invited in 1991 to audition for Deep Purple. One of the many high-profile vocalists who auditioned for Deep Purple. So you had Brian Howe, who... Uh, who, you ask, Matthew? Oh, I know, no, no, I, I know who, <laughs> full well who Brian Howe is. I just, I remembered uh, Kelvin, the social media guy, being very impressed about, in about episode 15 when we, we mentioned uh, the Brian Howe solo album. It is, yes. Mm. Yeah. So... Um, uh, yeah, so in 1991, um, Ian Gillen left um, uh, Deep Purple, and so they were looking for a new lead singer. Tried out lots. Tried Brian Howe. Tried um, Terry Brock, who is a well-known uh, singer in the 80s. Sang with Giant. Sang with great band Strange Ways, um, who mm-hmm. never made it. Um, but Deep Purple settled on the... Uh, I don't know if we know him that well. Young young singer called Joe Lynn Turner. Never heard of him. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Which, whenever we were buying Kerrang! 
Uh, everybody went mad. Oh, this is this is Deep Rainbow. Or <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it was like you had three members of Rainbow and only two members of whatever it was. So um, my hidden gem for this episode, Matt, is I was toiling between two albums and they were both Deep Purple albums, but uh, I'm going to go for um, Slaves and Masters, which was the album recorded, the only album recorded with... Um, uh, with Joel and Turner, it is an absolutely kicking album. It's very, very rainbow foreigner, very middle of the road album, but it still has enough bite from a from a purple perspective. It's probably the last um, album from Purple that I really liked. Sadly, they only did one album and one tour. Joel and Turner sang great on on the tour. If you watch any of the uh, any of the YouTube footage footage. Um, he's, they're doing some rainbow stuff. Uh, he just, he sounded great in 1991 for Slaves and Master. So my hidden gem is Slaves and Masters from Deep Purple. Very good. Very good. How about you, man? He's got a magnificent voice, isn't he? Joe Lynn Turner. He has. Um, I've never seen him. No, I'm not sure I have either. Uh, I know recently, I mean, and, and good on him. He's, he's come out recently and, and, and he's gone public about his 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 lifelong battle with alopecia. Yes, um, and he decided just to do away with the the hair pieces, the wigs, and everything. And he's, which I think is great. Good on him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, got a lot of time for Jolyn Turner, and um, certainly his period in Rainbow was was short but fantastic. Yeah. So I'm going to come a bit more up to date, young Brian, my with my hidden gem for this week. So um, last week I I went to a gig. I saw Heat, who uh, we've talked about a few times from Sweden, uh, who were ably uh, supported by two excellent um, British bands, Collateral yep. and Mason Mason Hill. And it's with Mason Hill that I'm going to go with in terms of a hidden gem. Okay. And their album from 2021 called Against the Wall, I think we mentioned it briefly last year. Uh-huh. Uh, but it, they played lots of songs off it, and I listened to the album a few times, and it's it's quality. It's a class album from a great band. Um, magnificent uh, guitarist James Bird, um, and uh, just an all round really good quality album. A few songs that stand out. Um, DNA was a single uh, against the wall. The title track. The magnificent uh, ballad uh, "Find My Way" with just the just an amazing solo from James Bird on it. So, um, my hidden gem for this week is the 2021 album by Mason Hill called "Against the Wall." That's a great choice. We've seen them; uh, really good band. There, there's quite a lot of the bands that that you've championed on the podcast over the last couple of years, Matt, like mm. Mason Hill, Massive Wagons, Those Damn Crows. And they're all starting to take, they're all A, either starting to go out and doing their own headline shows. I know that mm. you've seen Mason uh, as, as part of the, the, the collateral and heat. heat. Yeah. Used, um, mm. But but they're they're going to be going out doing their own headline show soon. That's and he, right. And they're he, out at the moment, actually. Yeah. yeah. And and the likes of the, those damn crows. So it's really good that bands that we were talking about two years ago are now starting to take take the step up. And I think even those damn crows are playing. Is it like Swansea Arena next year? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Seeing them at Islington um, Assembly Rooms we mentioned earlier next yeah. uh, next March. So yeah, you're right. It's lovely to see. And it does take you back to those days when bands did it, you know, that the hard way, Yeah, you know, they, they played the small clubs and the bars and the pubs and, you know, did the support tours and, and, and so on and so forth. And there's plenty, there's plenty of bands. We talked about many of them uh, uh, over the months, but uh, yeah, I mean, it just shows you that uh, certainly British rock is in, is in great shape. Yeah. And, uh, some fantastic bands uh, uh, are coming through and, and step more established bands, as you say, are starting to headline. Yeah. So that's great stuff. Good. So that was it. That Boom. was it. Our second birthday episode done, dusted, finished, Absolutely. in the bag, yep. et cetera. Exactly. Et cetera. Thoughts? Want to say goodbye, 21, Brian? Want to say hello, 21? 
I just What's your mum? Uh, hi, mum. Not the. Does your mum listen to this? Pod- no, she podcast. doesn't. No, she not? no. You surprised me. Uh, next time I'm home, I'll play it to her. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I'll try. I, I will. I'll, I'll try. I'll go. Who? Mm. Who do you think this person? Who's your favourite? Mum, who's your favourite on this podcast? Yeah, I wonder who our answer is going to be. I must be someone's favourite. I must be. Oh, you are. The law of our, our fourteen are. listeners. There must be. Some, maybe you not. Are. Who knows? You. You. I'm going to lose any sleep over it. Uh-uh. But thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, we appreciate it. Please get in touch. We'll leave us a review. Yeah. Come to our Facebook page, or Twitter, or Instagram, or send us a letter. <laughs> Telegram. Telegram, anything. Telegram, oh, yeah, exactly. Let us know you're out there. Oh, you out there. Um, that was my Phil Lynott impersonation. That was very good. Dangerous. Are you ready? You out there. Are you ready? I'm not going to go into my... I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Being Irish. Uh, Anywho, right, see you next time. Well do. Take care. Rock on, everybody. Right. See you now. Does Bad Pod, we salute you, is a Maylie Rogers production.